Hello and welcome to the Art of Podcast. I am your host, Kukuletu. As this is a new year, I thought I should start by setting an intention. And I realized I kind of missed that in the first episode. So essentially what this podcast is about is that it is my passion project. I love creators. I love creatives and I wanted to explore that within my own context as an African and as a Zimbabwean. I want to explore the different takes and heroes' journeys of some people who are doing what I want to do and are occupying and existing within our local creative space. I think as a creative, (laughs) I struggle with the confidence and for lack of a better word, discipline to constantly produce, create, and share. Also, I know there are some challenges in the way we as individuals or in the way we interact with the creative space in this country. And I wanted to understand how to better navigate that and maybe some tips on overcoming the problems that we may face as creators in Zimbabwe. And I guess finally, I want to give people their flowers. I want to celebrate and yeah, I want to celebrate the people who are carving out paths for themselves and unapologetically creating and thriving in this space. So if that interests you, I'm so excited to take you on the journey of learning and being inspired by these people. And maybe implementing some of their tips within your creative practice and discipline. In this episode, I talk to Ware, who is an extremely talented musician, percussionist, and educator. If you haven't seen him perform, I really suggest you go on his Insta and look for the next performance. Because I promise you, the atmosphere is always incredible and you genuinely won't watch anything else like it. I think the biggest lesson I learned from this conversation was allowing what you like to guide the creative process, the race against yourself, and ultimately the discipline to move forward and trusting that your craft and your discipline will speak for itself. So without further ado, this is the art of consistency with Ray. Just to begin, how would you introduce yourself to people? Um, and just my name? Your name, just how would you introduce yourself? Okay. And you as a musician, how would you introduce yourself? Um, my full name is Kudzai Mori, mm-hmm. uh, but my stage name and my nickname is Wauri. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a percussionist and a music teacher. How did Wauri come about? So it's a, it's a bit difficult to, to, I guess, pinpoint how mm-hmm. everything came to be because it's different parts of me. Um, I feel like I've always had two sides, which is, like I said, the teaching side and the other side, which is the performing mm-hmm. aspects. Um, I think what most people might know me for is the performing part, mm-hmm. but that came about Properly, I guess, a few years ago, um, two years ago to be exact. But I've always had a passion for what I do. So that's what I was saying, it's hard to pinpoint when exactly it came about because everything has been progressing from the time that I started learning to play member to 
dream shows to then becoming what it is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things like that I've observed about you, or a thought that I had when I was watching you playing, mm -hmm. is that uh, what's interesting to watch you play like throughout the years, uh, how you've sort of like grown mm -hmm. and developed. It's like uh, there's this book called Mastery. And I feel like you have reached, like it's watching someone master something. Would you say you have mastered it? No, no. I wouldn't say so. I don't think, looking at it from a musician's um, perspective, mm -hmm. I don't think you can ever master anything. You can play something mm -hmm. for years and you learn something each time. But you do develop the skill. But I don't think yeah. you can safely say you've mastered something because you can't, I don't think you can master anything. I think it would depend on like how you define mastery. Because mm. like, okay, for me, when I think of mastery, it's having knowledge of something uh, to an extent, it doesn't mean you're done learning. Mm. But it means you've got the skill set to navigate the journey. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah, it does make sense. It does. Yeah. So with that definition, would you say you've mastered? No. If I say I that. Still, <laughs> I, still, I still don't think I have. Really? Yeah. Ah, that's so shocking. That is shocking. Okay. So with the teaching, you said the teaching came before the performing. Which one calls to you more? I would say I get a bit more joy from performing. Than teaching, but I like I like to think that I enjoy both of them equally, because they have they bring about different emotions. Because mm -hmm. when I'm performing, it's me like in the forefront. Mm -hmm. People are watching me; they see me perform. But if it's teaching, it's not. I'm just in the background. It's the kids that I teach. Mm -hmm. So the joy comes from them doing something well the way that others put them. Okay, and yeah. from performing, it's the. It's, 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 no, not even being happy that people can see me, but then mm -hmm. I enjoy watching other people enjoy themselves. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy watching people having fun, dancing, singing mm -hmm. along. It's actually like an adrenaline rush. Like if I'm performing and then I see a very dead crowd, it can not put me off, but then it, I also like just join their mood. <laughs> but if they like reciprocate whatever energy I'm giving, then mm -hmm. it's like fuel. Yeah. It's like fuel. Okay. One of the things, like, you talked a little bit about uh, when you started learning. Uh, how did you discover you had a passion for this? What was it? Where was it? How old were you? I guess when did you decide that you were going to pursue this? And what were the chats you had with yourself? So I only started playing marimbas in Form 1 when I was 13. Mm -hmm. And even then it wasn't, it wasn't really something I actively decided to do. Mm -hmm. um, one of, well, my best friend um, is the one that actually forced me. We're in Form 1 and then we, we passed by the rehearsal room where people are having marimbas. Mm -hmm. Then he said we should join and I even said no. And then, funny enough, he then stopped actually coming. I think it was two years later. <laughs> okay. And I carried on. So I think 
I realized that I enjoyed it more because I had sucked when I started just like anyone when you start something. Did you actually suck? Yeah. Well, I mean, no one's born good at anything. But I feel like <laughs> some people have natural gifts. No, that's true. That's yeah. true. But you, you can only you can only know that if you've tried it or if you try it. You might grasp it um, quicker than others, mm -hmm. which is where I think the talent comes in. But I do think like you have to start from somewhere. Would you say you're talented? Um, I do think God gave me a talented. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I realized that I became a bit more obsessed with always being in the room and mm -hmm. practicing rather than doing anything else. So it became like a routine whenever I come to school, first thing in the morning I do that, break time I do that, lunch time I do that. And even if it was just like 20, 10 minutes of playing, it was, it was something. Yeah. Hmm. So I initially didn't think I'd want to do music. Um, I wanted to be a pilot. Really? Yeah, from since I was a kid. And then later on in high school, I realized that I don't think I'd want anything outside of that, outside of music. Outside of music. Mm. I didn't know what exactly, mm -hmm. but I just knew it was something in that industry. Okay. So when did you start playing Oma? 2013, I think. 13. Same yeah. time? No, 2011 was not in Oma, but 2013 was when. Ah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No. I was Oma in 2013. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, in 2013, I started playing. And which do you like more, if that's a question I can ask? Um, or I think both are the same? No, I, I like them both, but marimba is, I can express myself more mm. on marimba than I can on drums. On drums, because, mm. yeah, it's, I feel like my, my mind is, my mind explodes more when I'm playing marimbas than when I'm playing percussion. I see. Mm. I see. So it's like the tune. Yeah. The tune of it. Mm. I like the drum. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people do. I like the drum. Mm. But I really enjoy how you infuse mm. everything. Even like just the I'm a piano stuff. Mm. That's mm. it's yeah, it's marvelous. Thank you. It's truly marvelous. And mm. I think you do have a gift. Uh I think it's even a calling. I think you were called to do it. I guess uh, so. would you mm. agree with that? I think so, yeah. Okay. So being Zimbabwean mm. and in this context, were you like afraid to pursue music? I was because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So whenever people ask me what I wanted to do within music, I'd say something kind of like sound engineering. Because mm -hmm. it, it, I, I feel like I said it because it sounded a bit more formal. Mm -hmm. And I think being African, being Zimbabwean, mm -hmm. you can't really say, I'll see what happens as time goes. So saying something that's a bit stable, which is like sound engineering, mm -hmm. people understand like what a sound engineer does. So I said that because I felt like it would make sense to people. Mm -hmm. But even though I knew like I wasn't gonna do sound engineering, <laughs> I was just saying it, yeah. Okay. And like were your parents supportive 
with the whole music thing because I think that's like a challenge to a lot of people, yeah. Zimbabweans especially. Mm -hmm. People don't see like the use of it. Yeah, it's risky. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. risky. So I think a lot of people are just happy to have you do it while you're still young and then not pursue it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you say you had support from your parents? Or I did. But I, f I feel like they also just had their reservations because mm -hmm. they were worried with the it'll work out or not. So they're always asking me, you want to do music, but what if it fails? Then I'd say, it, it, it won't. Mm -hmm. They'd always say, but what if it does? Mm -hmm. So they were supportive. And I think the more exposure I got and the more gigs I started getting, they kind of understood it. Mm -hmm. But I won't lie. I, feel like even now they do have some concern mm -hmm. as to like how how it's going mm -hmm. yeah how would you address their concerns or does it make you feel scared that people are concerned for you no because no. I'm, I'm not yeah that's confident i think Like, I always find it weird when, when someone asks me what my plan is for the next year or for the next two years. Because mm -hmm. if you ask me that two years ago, before I started doing this, mm -hmm. I mean, to, at the level that we're doing it now, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to answer you, but then it just happened. So I know that whatever I'm doing is going to progress because I want it to but if you ask me where I see myself in the next two years, I can't tell you because I, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's fair. Mm. That's fair. And I think like, that's the key a sage master way to go through life. Because mm. we don't, like you focus on your intention mm. and your intention becomes the thing that fuels you. And like, I don't know, like putting yourself out there to have opportunities, uh, so with putting yourself out there, did you ever feel like you lacked the confidence to do that? Yeah, I did. I did. Because I went, I went for a really long time um, feeling like I wasn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, apart from the teaching, because at that time that was the only exciting thing I had going on. Mm -hmm. I would compare myself to all the other musicians that I knew that had mm -hmm. gigs every weekend that were playing at like different stages and I was just like getting no gigs at all, mm -hmm. like completely. Um, and I think when I did get those gigs like once in a blue moon, mm -hmm. I would jump on the, on the idea because I didn't have any other option. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's it's slowly been been getting better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's been a progress mm -hmm. thing, and would you say you've gotten more confident as it's progressed? Uh, yeah. I think I have because coming coming up coming up to the idea or coming up with the idea mm -hmm. um, of performing with a DJ, mm -hmm. which is what I do mostly. Mm -hmm. um, with Skyward. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that idea coming about was, it was more of a, it just 
It was random. It wasn't planned. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of people think that I only started doing that as well now. But the reason why it's mostly easy to play along to popular songs or mm -hmm. to play to modern music now is because the days that I was saying in high school I would practice a lot. I used to listen to a lot of EDM. Mm -hmm. So all the Swedish House Mafia songs, um, I can't think of any other artist right now, but I'd listen to a lot of EDM mm -hmm. and I'd play that on Marimba. So I'd practice. Yeah. So back even when I was 13, 14, mm -hmm. before I even knew the idea would come up, would come about of me playing as a DJ, mm -hmm. I started playing that type of music back then. So I just practice and like try and play the melody okay. and see how it sounds. And then I then realized that you can do covers. And then I started doing covers, which I I think I did so many during the 2020 lockdown because mm -hmm. we all at home. Mm -hmm. So after that, when things started to ease up with mm -hmm. the restrictions and everything, people saw my videos and then they'd ask me, do you perform live? And I remember the very first gig I ever did playing marimba and like with background music. Mm -hmm. um, they asked me if I could at this restaurant and then I lied and I said I could. I mean, I said I've done it before, which I haven't. Okay. So I was literally winging it the whole... And did it go well? Yeah. And I remember it was a three-hour set. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I just... I played from the beginning to the end and I stopped. And did they give you someone to play with? No. So I had one of my friends make a, a mix. So I had three mixes. I had a chilled house, like lounge house mix, which was the first hour. Mm -hmm. The second hour was like just house. Mm -hmm. And then the third hour was, I mean, yeah, the third hour was um, Mafiano. Oh, wow. That must have been scary. <laughs> yeah, it was. But like I'm saying, it, it wasn't as difficult because I was used to just playing along to music that I okay. listened to. So you had been, you had done it before, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. You've been working on it for your whole life. Yeah. You yeah. know, building it up. Mm. So would you say there's a lot of opportunities like for other Zimbabwean artists who maybe want to do the same thing you're doing? I think there is. It's just how like the approach that you have towards it. Okay. I think with everything you just have to try and be original in the sense that you might do something that someone else is doing mm -hmm. and I mean that's just how it is. You can't mm -hmm. say you're the only well, you can't say you're the best um, guitarist in the country because how many guitarists are around. Mm -hmm. You can be really good but then you can't really put that title to oh, yourself. yourself. Yeah. Um, so I think whenever you do something, do it with pure and genuine intention of not wanting to outdo someone else. Because I feel like if you, if you have that approach, then there's no pressure on you to copy anyone or to... There's no pressure for progress. Like You're doing well, or you can want to do all well for yourself. You're not doing it for other people. And I think that brings about originality because you sit down and then you work on yourself and what you like. And I feel like whenever you do what you like, mm -hmm. you can't really go wrong. Mm. Yeah. That's really nice advice because I think like, okay, I struggle with that. Mm -hmm. uh, like the, 
bravery to sit and be in yourself and like create. Mm. Uh, I think for me, like whatever I'm doing, I'm sort of like comparing myself to what I think is good. Mm. So that has kind of killed the joy of creation for me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I do get what you're saying, what you're saying by that. Because mm. 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 I don't know, starting out, a lot of people who are not for the idea, like, I've messaged so many people and say, um, can I come play at your events? And even now, some people just don't, they don't, they just understand it. And I, you can't blame them. Mm -hmm. You can't force your vision on someone who doesn't see it. Because mm -hmm. I feel like we have a secret or appreciate it. Okay. Mm. Uh, I don't know. But there's also that fear of no one being able to appreciate you. Or but the, within the people that do appreciate it, the right people will appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then attract that, mm. that glory. Yeah. Mm, what are some of your highlights? Or the best moments in your journey thus far? Mm. I think in terms of stages or just different events that I've played at, definitely the biggest highlight would be uh, Jacaranda, which was last year. Oh, wow. Um, but the only downside to that as well was that we played in the afternoon um, and it was like really hot and there was no one but just the, the fact that we got to play there was, mm -hmm. was, was quite good and I think I can't really put a finger on what the best highlight is mm -hmm. or some of the best highlights but I'd say that the best moments I've, I've had were from crowds that really enjoyed mm -hmm. I know it's not very precise, or <laughs> it doesn't help, but... No, it's, it makes sense. We've, we've done, like, maybe weddings, mm -hmm. um, birthday parties, or just events where people have so much fun, mm -hmm. and people, like, really appreciate and enjoy, and I feel like those are the best, those have been the best moments, mm -hmm. yeah. And with teaching, what has been the best moment? Um... Or like if you can pinpoint one, or I don't know, yeah. There's there's a there's a band with students um, at St. George's that they started teaching in Form One. Most of them were in Form One, mm -hmm. um, and due to some politics that we can't get into, <laughs> um, they wouldn't get honors at Iseko. Oh. But they got honors when. When they were in low six mm -hmm. and when they were in upper six, which was this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why? Okay. Yeah, because whatever was stopping them from, from achieving that was, was removed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was removed. Yeah. The person was, was removed. Ah, uh, ah, uh, corruption. Yeah. Corruption in the arts. <laughs> mm. um, okay, and some low lights. Let's do one with the low lights. Um, like hard moments that you overcame your hero's journey in teaching in both aspects i feel like with the performance we've kind of covered that like you mm -hmm. said 
you had you reached out to people and sometimes they wouldn't get it. Yeah. But even like still, is there anything else that comes to mind with the performance aspect? Any mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I feel like there's a lot. You can't. In fact, I think it's more low lift than than high lift. Um, then are the highlights that great? For me, they are. To overcome. For me, they are. When's your birthday? Uh, July twenty first. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think the lowlights are definitely going to events that people don't appreciate you. Uh-huh. And I think we had an event like that this year where we travelled out of town mm-hmm. and there was an artist that I obviously can't mention who was meant to perform after us. Um, so we were set to put, we were set to play for them, but there was another artist who we played after. So it was a different artist than us and then the main act. Mm-hmm. But the artist who performed before us, um, the reason why they put us in between them was because they wanted something like very exciting before the main act. Okay. So these people that the, the people that brought us the promoters, they they had seen us performing here mm-hmm. in Harare, so they knew that people will most probably enjoy it. Mm-hmm. When we started so the first artist I think performed for about 40 minutes, then we went on and within five minutes people were booing us like off stage. Booing? Yeah. Why? They didn't want us on stage, they just wanted to see the main act. That's not nice. Yeah, so I didn't realize it till, because I was, um, I'll have in ear monitors, so I'll be listening to the music and mm-hmm. what I'm playing, I can't hear what the crowd is, because I don't like hearing the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't realize in Bunjula. Okay. So I then listened to someone's video. I mean, I was watching someone's video that um, one of my friends was taking or performing, uh-huh. and they were like shouting the the artist's name over like what we were playing, oh. and like some people were coming onto the stage, not onto the stage, but like in front, like telling us to leave, like leave Sokwana, leave, leave. How did that feel, like? Honestly, I was just like. I was smiling and I was like, okay, thanks. Because I didn't want to show them that whatever they're saying is getting to me. And honestly, it didn't. Like, someone might not believe that it didn't get to me, but it actually didn't. I found it not funny, but it was a different experience because I've I've never had, not that I'm that good, but I've just never had anyone say, like, you need to leave. Uh So when they did that, excuse me, when he played for about 15 minutes, and then the promoter was like, don't, don't worry, like, they just don't appreciate it because it's not really that good. Oh, okay, so yeah. they gave you some encouragement yeah. afterwards. Did you feel like, okay, you said you didn't really, like, you never experienced that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you process it afterwards? Were you kind of just like, what? No, I think the only thing that helped me, what that usually helps me with that is, Every day you play, and I've noticed that because every weekend you might have something. Mm-hmm. You can play in a place and have 95% of the people enjoying what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But you can have someone just stare at you and not enjoy it. Do you notice those people? Yeah, I do. I do. And I think it's just like, it's, it's like anyone. You, you can't be everyone's cup of tea. Um, you can't play rock. 
gospel festival. Okay. Or maybe that's that's a bit different because you obviously fix the lineup knowing whatever event it is. But for example, you can't try and make your taste of music appealing to someone else because they have a different taste. Mm. So if you play somewhere and people don't enjoy it, it's not that you're not good, but they just they don't appreciate it and that's fine. And that's true. Yeah. That's true. I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. Mm. The art of not taking things personally. Yeah. Mm. I think that's what I'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else you can think to tell me about advice you have for people? things you have coming up, where we can come watch you and support those of us who understand. <laughs> um, I think it just goes right to the, what I was mentioning about originality mm-hmm. and doing things for yourself. Because I think you can only truly be happy if you do that. The reason why I'm saying, the reason, well, how I came to that mm-hmm. decision was like I said during lockdown, mm-hmm. I was used to going to work every day, just being out and about over the weekends. If you call someone to play, you go. But having to be at home, I had a lot of time to myself and I had a lot of energy to give mm-hmm. out through music, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how because I couldn't go teach, I couldn't play anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think I got. I'd like to think I got depressed, like during that time. Mm-hmm. So during the lockdown, I started to do those covers and I came up with like, I guess a routine, because mm-hmm. I'd listen to songs and whether it was Afrobeat or House or whatever it was, mm-hmm. whatever song I'd enjoy listening to at that moment, whatever was my favorite song, I would hop onto them and start recording different parts. And like looking for ways to I guess you could say my remember fires. So I get up in the morning, spend the whole day just doing, mm-hmm. like just practicing and playing. And I then do a cover of any song. And I think I reached a point where I was doing maybe a song every two weeks mm-hmm. or a song every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that gave me a lot of joy and a lot of comfort, even though it sucked being at home. I then, that's how I got to, to, I guess you can't, you can't really personalize something that's not yours, mm-hmm. but just to play along to a song and not just, if someone listens to, to me playing mm-hmm. along to a song, there has to be a difference between hearing me playing along to it and mm-hmm. how they normally hear it when, yeah. When it's heard. Mm. Okay, with that, do you have any original pieces? All the original songs that I've done are all, all from my band, all the member band. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've made some songs, but they're just member. They're just for They're not commercial songs. Would you really record them and release them? I would have wanted to. Really? Yeah. I think you should. I think I've had three, I've had maybe three that I wanted to, to record properly mm-hmm. and then. And then, you say would yeah. you ever perform them, like with like let's say a DJ? I think they did this. I think I would. I, I would. think that would be a very good idea to do. I think the I I agree. 
for the past, like I say, this is the time I started doing that. Okay. I mostly enjoyed playing other people's music, but I think I've reached a stage where I've reached the stage where I want to start making my own music. Because the only thing I know it sounds very it's not an excuse, but the only thing that I feel like is stopping me from doing that is I actually don't know how to produce. So I have ideas in my head and I just need to find someone who understands me mm -hmm. to work with to then reproduce whatever's in my head. So then reproduce like in a way like on the computer. Yeah, because I can not even because I can play Marimbas mm -hmm. over a beat, mm -hmm. but I can't even make the beats okay. digitally. Okay. That's what I mean. I feel like there's lots of people who can do that. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it's about like finding the person who you gel with. Mm. Uh, is that the thing? That, but I don't think, I think me saying that would be an excuse now because I mm. could find someone to do it, someone to do it with rather. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's also just sometimes laziness. Like I need to actually just push myself to do it. Okay. Yeah. So when is when is the album release? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Okay. But okay. soon, I hope. Soon. Yeah. Okay. I'd really be interested to hear your own compositions. Thank you. And yeah, and see that side of you, the mm -hmm. composer. Uh, I think it could be a really cool, interesting, mm -hmm. and original thing to do. Thank you for doing this. No problem. I truly, truly don't know how much I appreciate it. No problem. Thank uh, you. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> it's been my pleasure. So that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much to Waurei for sharing your perspective, being so open, your humility and your creativity in general. I'm so excited to see how your story unfolds and the ways we can further celebrate you. Uh, if you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, please like, share the podcast. Let me know what you think. Who you want me to talk to next? I've got a couple of cool people lined up uh, who I learned some pretty cool lessons from. So I hope to see you next time. Until then, peace, love, and have a happy day.